Welcome back to the Howgood Sport Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Yesterday afternoon, we had the NRL season back. How bloody good was it to have some footy back in Las Vegas? What a spectacle that was. Both teams put on a great show for the Yanks. Hopefully, we'll get some good ratings. We had about 40-odd thousand people in the stadium, and, and we're there for another three or four years. So hopefully, we can fill that stadium up and get good ratings on the American TV channels, but otherwise, the NRL's done a fantastic job. Take a hat off to PVL and Abdo. That was a fantastic spectacle that they put on there yesterday. For today, we're going to keep going with our previews. We've got two to go. We need to make sure they're out before the start of the season. Obviously, we're going to have our remaining sides teamless Tuesday tomorrow afternoon, so that's going to be cool. So we'll have both our previews out before that happens. Today, we're going to do a preview on the Dolphins coming into their second season. They obviously surprised a lot of people last year, they started the season like a house on fire. They beat the Chookies in round one, their first ever game at Suncorp Stadium. That was great scenes for the Dolphins and the NRL, and they won three or four on the trot, and they had a couple of good runs throughout the year. So it was really cool to see the Dolphins do as well as they did. A lot of people were tipping them to get the spoon. I, th- I think they came 13th or 14th in the end. So um, the way they started the season, they are in the top eight for a good chunk of the season. So it was a really successful start for the Dolphins, and who better to run that team than Wayne Bennett to start a venture like that, someone who knows as much as he does about rugby league and, and the sort of players you need to have a good culture to start a club and move forward in the right direction. So uh, with him at the helm, you know, they've got some key signings, and you can only imagine things will improve. And, and whilst I think they definitely will improve, I feel like there are a lot of other teams that are on the improve too. So it might be hard for the Dolphins to jump too many spots on the ladder, but if they can capitalize on some of the big signings from this year and, and snag another one or two next year, then they could be a really proper top eight side next year. I have no doubt about that. So in terms of their gains for this year, they've obviously got Jake Avarillo from the Bulldogs. Not sure if he's going to get a run in the first few rounds, but I think Wayne Bennett is the guy that could unlock the full potential of Avarillo. He's a speedster. He's got that potential X factor. So I do think we'll see him at some stage in the centers, but I just don't know if he's going to be there to start the year with Herbie, who's one of the other signings in the centers. Comes across from the Brisbane Broncos. He really became a top-line center in our game last year. He was fantastic for the Broncos. You know, He lit it up with his X-factor ability, but he also showed that he can do the hard work. He's a good defender, so he's a fantastic signing for the Bron- uh, the Dolphins. Sorry, Thomas Flegler comes across from the Broncos too. Another guy who really just excelled last year and continued to pro- propel his career in the upward trajectory, ended up with an Australian jersey at the end of the year. He was fantastic in that grand final. So he had a great year last year, and he's a great signing for the Dolphins. And Oren Keeley comes across from the Newcastle Knights. There's big raps on him. I believe he's had some trouble with injury. So he'll be a handy signing, provides a little bit more depth for the Dolphins in the forward pack. In terms of their losses, they've lost Herman SASA, who's gone over to the Super League. Pawasa Farmasuli is obviously going to the Bulldogs, and he looks pretty handy to start the season. And Oliver Gildart, who obviously got a few runs across a few different clubs, featured at the Roosters as well, and uh, just unfortunately probably didn't get to where he wanted to in the NRL, and he's returned home to the Super League. Um, obviously awful news about Tommy Gilbert for the Dolphins, one of their sort of marquee senior representative players. Had a tough year last year with injury, and then again this year he's now out 
for the full season. So it's a real slap in the face and, and, and one of the nicer guys who's a real hard worker in the NRL. So, um, <clears throat> you know, we shout out to Tommy Gilbert. Wish you <clears throat> all the best in, in your recovery and hopefully a, a much more luckier and successful year next year with injuries. For the Dolphins, they got a pretty tough draw. Um, you know, they haven't fared too well. I would have thought the NRL would be looking to look after them a bit better than they have. Um, but yeah, I don't know how they work these draws out. I know there's obviously a lot of TV rights and interests around that that come to the table when it is um, time to do these draws. But I would have thought you might look after a side like the Dolphins. But anyway, um, so they play in each of the pre-origin rounds where they're going to be without their origin stars. So what I'm talking about is obviously the origin teams get selected the players go into camp and then the teams play in those rounds leading up to origin where they're missing their rep players. So the Dolphins have to play in every single one of those rounds, which is pretty unfortunate because obviously their star power is quite significant in their squad. You're going to have players like Hammer, Flegler and potentially Kafusi out. So that's going to take, uh, you know, obviously Hammer, your X-Factor player, and then two of your best senior forwards out of the team. So not ideal there for the Dolphins. Um, they have seven games against last year's top four sides, and then they had the same number of games against last year's bottom four as well. They do obviously have a tricky draw, but they have an opportunity to start really well. With a handful of games, they'll definitely fancy themselves in. So they play the Cowboys, the Dragons, the Titans, and the Tigers between rounds one to five, which also includes a bye. So if they can come out of that minimum two, three wins and a bye, they'll be sitting pretty in the top eight, and that would be a fantastic way to build on some momentum into the season for them. Round six is against the Broncos. Um, obviously, that's down at Suncorp Stadium. But from rounds one to six, the farthest the Dolphins have to travel is to the Gold Coast. So they're literally only traveling an hour for their longest fixture in those first six rounds. So they could have a really stable base for that first month and a half before they actually have to start traveling a bit. I think they they have some Sydney games and a game over in Auckland within that first between sort of rounds six to ten. So for them to be able to just stay in Brisbane, have that same training base, be around their families, really helps with recovery and, and stability and, and general culture within the club. So I think that's a really good start for the Dolphins for the start of the year. Um, they do have two buys around the origin period. So while they have to play without their stars on a few occasions, they also get to rest their stars during that origin periods. Um, it just means no buys from around 18 onwards. And, and if they're charging towards the finals, uh, it's not ideal because they do have a brutal charge home at that. So in their last eight games, they play Penrith, the Roosters, the Broncos, the Storm, the Warriors, and the Knights. So six of those games are really tough. You know, they're potentially all top eight teams, and four of those games are away. So it's a pretty rough finish for the Dolphins at the end of the year. They'll want to hope they're in a pretty good position because uh, they're definitely not going to be winning all those games, that's for sure. In terms of how they line up for their top 17 to start the year, obviously we've got the hammer at the back. He showed how important he was for the Dolphins. You know, they probably got him for a steal considering the talent he showed coming from the Cowboys. He wasn't exactly a lock-in um, starting first grader there at the Cowboys, but now he's really turned into one of the better outside backs in the NRL. We saw how good he was for the Maroons jumping in at center. He was probably the best outside back on the field, and then he came back and played fullback for the Dolphins and show how good he could be. Uh, yeah, he had a career best year. I could see him as a potential Dally M winner this year, or at least 
in the top three to five. Obviously, he's one of the the main players and contributors in this Dolphin side. I don't think he's going to have too many players stealing points from him. You're obviously going to have Jeremy Marshall King, who is another really influential player. But outside of him, uh, I don't think Sean O'Sullivan's the type of halfback that's going to be getting three points like your Cleary's and your Johnson's every week. Uh, you're going to have Nick Arima in the halves. He's going to have some good games, but I don't think he's going to steal too many points. And then you're going to have someone like a Herbie who's obviously going to have some standout games from time to time. But I do think Hammer's got a really good opportunity. So if the Dolphins can uh, win enough games and he can have some of these games where he just absolutely dominates and carves, he could be a, a sneaky for a Dallium. So very interesting to see what the Hammer does this year. Jermaine Asako on that right wing in for another big year off the back of a huge year last year. Top point scorer and top try scorer. So good to see. He also averaged 166 metres a game, so he wasn't afraid to get in there and take tough carries, and he's he's a strong fucking bastard. So um, Jermaine Asako for the Dolphins is going to be huge this year. I'll, I'll still never forget that try he scored for the Broncos against the Roosters in Golden Point six or seven years ago where he went for the drop goal and stepped inside and stepped through half the bloody team. Um, his ability on his day is just brilliant, so... Keen to see another big season for Jermaine Asako. Looks like Herbie Farmworth's going to be that right centre, so um, he might not see as much ball. Jermaine Asako on that right wing. Herbie's obviously not exactly known for his passing ability, but he had a huge year last year. I'm sure we're going to see him and his tip-on come together. I'm sure that's one thing that that Wayne and the coaching staff will be working on with Herbie. Just you know, use yourself and your ability to attract defenders to create opportunities for the people around you, but... Herbie had a huge year last year. He adds so much X factor to this back line. He scored 15 tries and ran for just shy of 170 meters per game. Um, you know, he did the pretty stuff, like I said, but he also did a lot of the tough stuff. And uh, he's one of the best centers in our game. So I'm very keen to see how he excels for the Dolphins this year. Tessie New, it looks like he's going to get a start on the other side. So I'm pretty sure he'll line up on the left. He obviously had some pretty impressive trials. Personally, I feel like I want to see Avarillo lining up in the centers at some point for the Dolphins, but I do think Wayne Bennett's going to go in the way of Tessie New, and I don't think it'll hurt Avarillo to maybe have a month to six weeks in Queensland Cup. That'll be a real good opportunity for him just to um, you know, get some tough stuff going for the early part of the year so that he can force his way back into the first grade side. But yeah, some good signs from Tessie New in those first trials. So I think we'll see him line up at left center, and we're going to see Jack Bostock, I believe, on the left wing. I thought he showed some really good signs in the trials. I think he ran for 180 meters, and I could be wrong in that first trial. I really like his height and his size on the wing. Obviously, modern-day wingers these days, the majority of them are very tall. They provide a really good target in the air for their halves as kicking and attacking options, and then it also means you know they can help the forwards with trucking it out of their own end and just really taking some of that pressure off the forward packs and we see how important it is for teams to have that ability for their outside backs to chip in with the meters. We saw that, how important it was yesterday. Manly was sort of the better side and that proved pretty crucial against the Bunnies. The Bunnies kind of lacked a little bit of that punch out of their end without Campbell Graham and Jackie Whiten and then for the Roosters as well. Like The Broncos were very good too, but the Roosters excelled. All of their outside backs ran for over 150 metres, so it really made a big difference for the forward pack in that game yesterday. 
We're going to see Kataya, uh, Isaiah Katoa in the halves. There's obviously talk that Nikarima might start at 5'8", but I want to see Isaiah Katoa. I think if you're going to have a young bloke like this who had the opportunity to develop last year, I thought I saw some really good signs for him with his ball playing in the trials, in the first trial in particular. I think he set up the first trial with a nice little short ball. He showed some good patience, um, ran into the line. So I thought that was a nice sign, and I thought his defense looked solid. It just gives Katara another year to develop. It's only going to help. You know, some people are quick to forget that he was only coming out of SG Ball into first grade last year, let alone in a first year side with a kind of makeup of, of makeshift players. If, you know, that's no disrespect, but that's kind of the reality of it. So um, we also saw him run the ball a lot more in the second trial. So that was good. You know, that's one of the big features of Katara's game. So I want to see him. Do that a little bit more this year as his confidence grows. Sean O'Sullivan back in at halfback. You know, he missed a lot of last year's, uh, a lot of footy last year. So it's good to see Sean O'Sullivan fit and firing for him, for the Dolphins to start the year. Um, they need, I mean, you know, it goes without saying how crucial he is for them this year and crucial to his success. He's obviously been a part of the Penrith makeup when they've been successful. So for him, he's a really good controlling and organizing halfback. He's got a good kicking game, provides good direction for the side. Obviously with some younger players in the side, having him just to help with some of that direction um, is really important. And I think he's a quite a solid defender as well. So Shawnee O'Sullivan, hopefully we'll have a big year for the Dolphins this year. Jesse Brom in the forward pack as prop lining up his last season in the NRL you know, he's been a stalwart in this competition and um, even if his output is on the decline as an older player, his experience is goal for the Dolphins this season. I think he's coming into his 14th or 15th season. He's played in grand finals. He's won grand finals, transitioned over to this club last year, but his experience as a representative international player is so important for this side on the field, off the field, just in every area. So good to have Jesse Brom with us for one last year. Jeremy Marshall King at hooker had a great season last year, looked fantastic and really fulfilled his potential last year, showed his ability to be crafty and creative out of dummy half. You know, uh, Last year, he had the most try assists of any of his career seasons, so that was really good to see him excel in that area. I think his running game is great too. I'd love to see a little bit more from that and uh, great defense through the middle. So he needs to repeat that, like I said, I do think the hammer could be a, a Dally M Smokey, but if someone's going to steal points, I think it's going to be JMK because he was a fantastic player last year and he will be really crucial for the Dolphins again this year. Tommy Flegler will be the other prop. Had a big season last year, had a big grand final and won himself an Aussie Guernsey, so well done to him. He's not a huge meter eater, but that did increase as the year went on last year and I think that's going to have to go up a notch as one of the more senior and experienced players in this Dolphins side and and obviously what they've invested in him, they need the, the best out of Flegler. So obviously one thing for Flegler, a big attribute of his game is his physicality and his aggression. He has that ability to really upset other sides and um, yeah, he's, he's one of those intimidating players you don't really want to run at or tackle and he's got a very handy offload too. So his ability to help set up some second phase play through that middle 
no doubt we're going to see the hammer running around, running off his hips, ready for those offloads. So uh, I definitely see, think we're going to see Flegler have some really important um, handoffs to Hammer and just be ultra important for this side throughout the year. Uh, I think we're going to have old Finn Diesel, Felice Cafusi on the right there. Um, he was just an absolute fucking missile last year, unfortunately. Some of that aggression and, and some of his big hits got him in a little bit of trouble and he spent a little bit of time on the sidelines last year. I'm sure Wayne's not going to tell him to stop doing that, but maybe be a little bit more aware of his timing and ways that he can impact the game because for the Dolphins, they just need him on the on the uh, starting every week if possible because they just can't afford to have him out. His experience is so important. His ability to shift momentum, help the side. He can get good meters. He hits gaps great. And he's such a, a solid, aggressive, physical defender. So he's super important for the Dolphins. Kenny Brom on the left edge, I believe he'll be there. I've seen a lot of people having sides without him in the starting side, but I think you know he's super important. Why not have an ultra-experienced forward, forward pack starting, particularly without Tommy Gilbert in the starting side? I think it's important that you have Kenny Brom on that left. I think he's such a good – he's got great ability to help ball play on that edge. He's been such a consistent performer over the years. He's a very good defender. He runs good lines. He's just a great edge back rower. So Kenny Brom there on the edge. Ray Stone, I believe, will be the lock. I love everything about Ray Stone, his aggression, his ability to do the tough stuff, and he's one of these guys that just has little to no regard for his body. He will run his ass off and do anything that Wayne Bennett asks of him. So he's one of those players that you can really get behind and um, provide a lot of motivation and inspiration for his forward pack and the team in general. So. I think we'll see the big old Ray Stoner at 13. Coming off the bench, I think we'll see Cody Nicarima in the 14. He's a very reliable player. He played fantastic last year. He's sort of always threatened to go to the next level. He's super quick. He's got good ball-playing skills, but his running game is one of the hallmarks of his game, and, and that really shone through last year. He set up a good amount of tries, making breaks. Um, assisting with line breaks. He, he probably lacks a solid kicking game and and missed some really important tackles last year. I think he's better as an impact player as opposed to a starting 5'8". Like I said, I think Katoa, as a younger guy developing, has more upside. So I think to have Nikarima coming off the bench with his experience and his ability to, to bring some speed off the bench is fantastic. So I'd have him... Um, so, yeah, we'll see Cody Nicarima coming off the bench. Jared Wallace uh, recaptured some of his best form last year. He had some crazy try assists at times. I remember he set up some ridiculous try against the Roosters at Allianz Stadium. The Dolphins didn't win, but he came down that right edge and barged through and had a crazy offload, something a bit like Joey Manu, which we saw yesterday for the Roosters. He'll do a good job off the bench. He provides a bit of that aggression and intimidation and, and good physicality for the Dolphins off the bench. Good forward to rotate through the middle. Uh, I think we're going to see, I'm not sure which way Bennett's going to go between Connolly, Lemuelu, or Ewan Aitken. They can both play on an edge. Uh, we saw Lemuelu have a fantastic season last year. He was scoring heaps of tries. I remember he scored a really important try against the Roosters in that round one fixture. Runs a pretty sneaky, underrated line, solid defender. So he's a good option for the Dolphins off the bench. Ewan Aitken obviously comes in. He's kind of that stocky, sort of hard-to-tackle bloke, has a lot of ability, fast legs, um, You know, can get good post-contact meters, can put good hits on. So he's a good option to come off the bench with a little bit of impact. It sort of depends which way Bennett wants to lean. I probably feel like he's going to lean towards a 
Connelly Lemuelu, but we will see where he goes. And I think Marky Boy, the GOAT, Nichols, will round out the bench. Obviously, another option to come on through the middle. Lemuelu and Aitken are genuine edge options. And then outside of that, you've obviously only got Jared Wallace, so I think he's going to lean the way of Mark Nichols as a middle forward to rotate through there. Um, provides a lot more experience and um, you know good, good option to come off the bench and just come in and, and have reliable efforts that you know he's going to do what the team needs. So I think we'll see Marky Nichols come on there. Uh, they got a lot of depth, the Dolphins. In, just in the back line alone, obviously Max Plath plays 5'8", has come on and, and played some versatile roles for the Dolphins. Uh, Valen Stafade comes off the bench. Sorry, as a depth player, you've got Jake Avarillo, Trey Fuller, who can play fullback, Anthony Milford and Jennings and Edric Lee. So their backline depth, like you're looking at a genuine full Queensland Cup backline there. So I know a lot of these guys play for multiple teams in the Queensland Cup, but geez, there's some handy depth in the Queensland Cup this year, just like the New South Wales Cup Rugby League is in a really fantastic spot. And it also just shows um, whilst the Dolphins haven't been able to sign a heap of guns, they've obviously signed more this year. They've been able to create a really strong depth and a good sort of culture within this um, Dolphins squad. So it means that you know if you've got injuries in that back line, you've got some pretty experienced first graders that can jump in and do a really good job for the Dolphins there. Um, expect to see a bit of Mason Teague this year. Obviously got a handful of games last year. He's a really good lock, developing well. So I think we'll see him come in. You know, Ray Stone's kind of, unfortunately, one of these guys who's pretty prone to an injury. So I do think we'll see Mason Teague jump in at some stage in that back row with Gilbert out for the year. There's a few other guys like Oren Keeley that we spoke about that may get an opportunity in this forward pack. I think one thing with the Dolphins pack, whilst they're, Got a lot of experience. Um, you're looking at Jesse Brom, uh, Felice Cafusi, Kenny Brom, Ray Stone, Jared Wallace, and Marky Nichols there, sort of towards the back end of their career. So I think at some stage throughout the year, Bennett's going to want to look at blooding some of these younger guys because there's every chance that you know, you're know you losing three of these guys at some stage throughout the year. Next year, obviously, a couple of them retiring, getting older. Um, so I want to see Bennett kind of blooding some of these younger guys throughout the year. In terms of the Dolphins and where I see them finishing, I do see them finishing in that 13 to 17 bracket again. I worry about their draw. Um, whilst they've recruited some really quality players, I do think they're probably uh, just not – I just don't know that there's a great balance there in terms of their forward pack um, – uh, a balance between youth and experience. Like I said, there's obviously a lot of older guys there in that forward pack. And um, geez, I, I could sound really stupid here because having experienced guys in your forward pack is really important. But I think it's nice to have a, a good mix of youth and experience. And I just think it's sort of teetering towards that older side. Um, but there's really good depth in this squad in the back line. There's some fucking superstars in this team. You look at Hammerside, Tabby Waifito, and Herbie Farmworth. These guys will win some games off their back on their own. But my concern is if they're coming out of that origin period where they've lost a few games, they're teetering on the edge of the eight, they're not entrenched in that eight, and then they have to go and play your Penrith, your Roosters, your Storm, your Warriors, who are going to be full steam ahead and with a lot of momentum, you know, we've seen sides like Penrith and the Broncos who are peaking towards that time of the year 
Um, you look at the Newcastle Knights last year, the Warriors. You can only imagine the Roosters and the Storm are going to be in a pretty similar situation and you're having to travel in away games. I can't see them winning a whole heap of them. So unfortunately, I do see the Dolphins finishing in that 13 to 17 bracket this year. I do think they'll finish in a much better position uh, next year. I think just having another year to develop this squad and, and this side in, in only their second year. Um, I think the fact that these guys have got the second most amount of NRL or revenue in their second year is fantastic. I think the CEO's done a fantastic job and the club as a whole have, have done a really good job to develop a successful organisation and maybe their, ladder, their position on the ladder doesn't show that, but what they've been able to cultivate with their fans um, and just getting some good excitement around this club has been fantastic for the Dolphins. So I wish them all the best, wish their fans all the best for the 2024 season. I hope I'm surprised and it wouldn't shock me in any way to see Wayne Bennett get these guys in the top eight, but I do feel they'll finish in the 13 to 17 bracket. But I'm looking forward to seeing them kick off their year against the Cowboys at Suncorp Stadium this weekend. That'll be a fantastic match. No doubt a, no doubt a packed stadium. Uh, look out for our last preview tomorrow, which will be the Dragons. And then we're going to have team list coming out tomorrow afternoon, followed by a round preview with our remaining six games on either Wednesday morning or Wednesday night. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. Please like and subscribe. Hit us up with a review, but otherwise keep tuning in and thank you for listening. Thank <laughs> you.